Radio 4. It's half past six. We present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Nicholson. Hello and welcome to what is in fact the last edition of the present series. But what's oh. particularly oh. sad for me is that there'll be another one in a few months. <laughs> so, unfortunately, not for the last time, would you welcome please Tim Brooke Taylor and Willie Rushton on my right? And Barry Cryer and Graham Garden on my left. We're going to start teams with a round called Signature Tunes. In this round, I'll be asking you to suggest signature tunes for public figures. And I'll award points for suitability and tastelessness in reverse order. <laughs> so who will we start with? This week, we'll start with Tim Brooke Taylor. Oh. Ah, Sir Geoffrey Howe, I thought. Uh, you may think it's inappropriate, but um, there's no business like show business. Sprang to my lips. But actually, um, with the government cutbacks, it's now become, there's no business... <laughs> he also sings You'll Never Know Just How Much <laughs> Right, we'll go to you Barry Cryer because it's your turn Elizabeth Taylor springs to mind as a candidate um, Love is lovelier the seventh time around <laughs> Why not? It was an applause Or, or a... <laughs> Or again, why? Uh, <laughs> Willie Rushton. Uh, there's one they sing around the cabinet whenever they shower him with money, which is, he's delightful, he's the lovely, he's DeLorean. Um, <laughs> Graham. Um, yes, well, I thought possibly for uh, Margaret Thatcher. She could have a theme tune. To everything, turn, turn, turn. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, do you have any... Oh, the Labour Party, Tony Benn, I thought, could have my way. And uh, Michael Foote could sing, It's my party and I'll cry if I want to. <laughs> uh, Warren Beatty, or Beatty. I think he's very underrated. Or reated. Um, he, could, uh, <laughs> he could have night and day. You are the one. <laughs> Ray Buckton has been heard to sing, If I work to rule. <laughs> Freddie Laker, I who have nothing but not for long. <laughs> Tiny Rowland is known for humming, Money makes the world go around, the world go around. Another one for Margaret Thatcher, I may be wrong, but I think I'm wonderful. <laughs> Any more from you, Willie? No. no. <laughs> Unless you've got any suggestions, Humphrey? No, I haven't, other than that we go on quickly to the point where I tell the teams that at the end of the programme they'll be introducing the late arrivals at the Builder's Ball. The Builder's Ball. They'll be around on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play a game called Call My Bluff, which is familiar to those of you who've seen the... will be familiar to those of you who've seen the television programme of the same name. The teams are going to give me four different definitions of a word, and I have to guess which one is correct. 
And then they'll tell me, of course, if it's true or a bluff. Right, teams, the word coming up now is diameter. Diameter. And who wants to start? The person in the third row. <laughs> I'm quite happy to start. I'm start pretty, with you, Willie. Because I'm a goody-goody. Um, Sir Graham and I. <laughs> no, just a goody. Bill of each cheek. <laughs> diameter. It is actually pronounced diameter. Uh, on the dark continent, as you may know, they had certain cannibalistic tendencies, and as a bon bouche of an evening was to give them the right or the left arm of the evening meal, and so you would have diameter. <laughs> Okay, what about you, Graham Gardner? Well, a diameter is not a naturally one who diamets. Um, the derivation of this goes back quite a long way, but not all that far. Um, <coughs> Dashiell Hammett was a writer of tough detective stories like the Maltese Falcon, and what's not generally known is that he had a Welsh brother, Di Hammett, who wrote <laughs> similar stories with a sort of Welsh slant, like the Mumbles Falcon. He wrote many Chandler-esque works, such as The Big Leak, <laughs> The Heidi High Window, <laughs> Farewell, My Slavesley. <laughs> so that's diameter. Now, anyone writing Welsh detective stories is known as a diameter. <laughs> well, the audience certainly thinks that one's correct. So we'll have to go to you now. Have we been to you, Tim? No, we haven't. Feels like it. <laughs> um, yes, diameter. In fact, it's, it's, it's a phrase that we in the theatrical profession use. When you're a professional, you wouldn't know this if you weren't in the profession. It's, um, it's uh, the, the phrase OTT, over the top. It's acting over the top. Um, if, for example, the, um, the king is dying, he will go, Ah, I die. But list. And you know how they roll around the floor. <laughs> OTT, it's what we call diameter as opposed to <laughs> professional <clears throat> Barry Cryer this is um, uh, it's the pronunciation has changed over the years um, it's from France but it's not French it's diameter diameter brought back by English tourists who'd watched uh, snail racing in France uh, they were attracted by the sound of French crowd singing escargot, escargot, they're toddling along. <laughs> <laughs> they found themselves by this big mown circle of grass, a metre across, which had been done by massive lawnmower, the coup de grass. And, uh, <laughs> and there was snail racing uh, across this uh, circle. The tragic story, of course, well known to everybody. There's repeating of the, the, the little French snail training early in the morning, singing to himself, Chanson d'amour. And the lawnmower went, rap, 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 rap. And, uh, <laughs> and if a snail goes up your trouser leg, it's three weeks before you go, oh, no. <laughs> but enough of that, enough of that. Uh, it's usually held in the evening, you watch the red snails in the sunset. And um, it, is, uh, it takes a snail a day to go across this circle, a day a metre. That was it. Right. That's enough. <laughs> right. Well, now, let's see what we have here. We have a, a cannibal delicacy from Willie Rushton. Uh, not terribly convincing, but 
Graham Gardens, no, the, the, the people who emulate were unknown Welsh novelists. I think that was a bit far-fetched. Tim, I must say, did some very good acting in it. Didn't you think he did some good acting in it? No. The audience didn't. No. But, uh, uh, a sort of overacted deathbed scene. And I must confess, with Barry's, I rather lost the thread, except that I gathered at the end that it was something that's usually held in the evening. <laughs> uh, I, I think... Uh, I'm trying to sound as though it matters to me. <laughs> it matters to us, huh? All right, then. Uh, uh, and our listener. I think, I, I think nobody could have made sort of public fool of themselves except in the service of the truth. So I'm going for your definition, Tim Rook Taylor. Correct. <laughs> It's not, I'm not meant to say correct. Is it true or a bluff? The word correct can come into it. Oh. oh. Who would have thought it? Well. <laughs> well, that's true. So let's see now. <laughs> Who had the bluff? <laughs> Graham Garden. How amazing. I lost. Right, we're going on to play, for the last time in this series, that ever-popular game, Mornington Crescent. Now, I have to tell you that every week after we play this game, we have letters from listeners telling us what moves the, the teams should have made. And in fact, it's quite obvious to us that you at home are way ahead of our teams most of the time, and especially when we're playing Mornington Crescent. So let's try an experiment now in thought transference. Seriously. I want those of you who take part in this game at home now to sit down in front of your radio sets. Now, stare at the set fixedly, and as we play this game, when you think that you know the move that will lead inexorably to Mornington Crescent, see if you can concentrate on it to the extent that you will the correct answer from the members of the team. Having done so, and listening to the game, if you find that, in fact, you were right and that the team's answer coincides with yours, write us a letter and we'll collect them all together and forward them to the WPB. Right, now. <laughs> no special rules in this one, so let's start with you, Willie Rushton. I'm not getting any messages, but my microphone is bent. <laughs> <coughs> um. Oh! <laughs> I wish you could see it. My word, I've never been in the Bobbington area. Um, Cromwell Road. Ah. I'm thinking going on at home, and I'm... I'm getting Baron's Court. <laughs> Very painful, I should think. <laughs> but... I don't... No, no, I, I think that's... Um, I think that's a naughty sprite on the wavelength. I won't go for Baron's Court. I'll go for... Oxford Circus. Home Lane? Horn Lane. Is that Sir Mrs. Jenkins in Bobbington? Tell her to get off the line. <laughs> I'm hers. I've got a minicab driver. Um, <laughs> private life is your own. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I instead interrupt? Can I interrupt and ask those of you who are uh, uh, cooperating at home to send your messages through a little bit quicker? Barry Crown. I'm getting vibrations, but I'm... At a funny age. I'm getting... 
<laughs> Still doesn't know. <laughs> Walgrave Road. Has anyone here got an Uncle Charlie who died recently? <laughs> <laughs> In Egham High Street. That must be the clue. Egham High Street. Yes. I'm getting a Red Indian guide coming through now. It says I should have gone for Baron's Court in the first place. So I'll take Baron's Court now. Baron's Court. Mornington Crescent. What the bloody Red Indians know, anyway? <laughs> well, like, despite a certain amount of frivolity, we did play that game seriously, and it was Tim Brooke Taylor who eventually made the right move, I think. <laughs> We go on to a new game called Tying a Tie. If you want to join in with this one at home, will you please get hold of a tie now? Got it? Right. For this round, I'm going to ask Willie Rustin to give the others instructions on how to tie a tie. And they will simply follow the instructions. Great. And Willie, I'll dock you one mark for every pupil who does himself a personal injury. <laughs> so will you start now? Teams, you've got if to you could ready. move your chairs back about six inches from the desk... Is this the listener? Take, right. oh. That's you. <laughs> Take the fat end of the tie in your right hand. Rest your foreheads on the desk. <laughs> Throw the fat end of the tie over the nape of your neck. Oh. <laughs> Rise slowly. Grasp fat end in left hand. Grab thin end in right hand. Of the tie? Of the tie. Place your hands together. Lower down, Tim. Left hand down a bit, 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 down a bit. Right. Put fat end now of tie in right hand and thin end in left hand. Go on, it worked. <laughs> now you just tie the tie. Right, well, I forgot, to tell you, I forgot to tell you at the beginning, teams, there is, there is a time limit on that, and it's up. <laughs> so we have now, I'm going to open it up breaker. to... The, <laughs> I'm going to get the studio audience here, and those of you listening at home, to judge who so far has tied the best tie. They're well on the way. Or will you, will you give your applause, or otherwise, for Barry Cryer? <laughs> right. Graham, how about Graham Garden? And finally, <laughs> Timbrook Taylor. <laughs> the only one who's tied a tie immaculately, which <laughs> fortunately enables us to hurry along to the next game, which is the ad lib poem. I'm going to give someone the first line of a poem, and they continue until I buzz them. It sounds like that. And the next person then continues and takes the poem until we reach a, an artistic conclusion or until the show comes off the air, which is quite short. <laughs> Here's the opening line. I wandered lonely as a man who lacks in bodily hygiene. <laughs> I wandered lonely as a man. And I want you to carry that one on. You look optimistic. Barry Crump. <laughs> I wandered lonely as a man who lacks in bodily hygiene. I wandered over hill and dale until I tattered my jeans. 
one leg had caught upon a fence and showing through therein Willie, unfortunately. What was therein? <laughs> they began to look Karen. like the sort of trousers an untidy man might be wearing. <laughs> How this fits my mood, I said to myself, as along I slowly stank. It's poetry. My license is up. <laughs> as along I slowly stank. Like came, have a care, Graham. <laughs> as long as he just has a care. <laughs> Thanks, partner. <laughs> Until I came to a lonely wood, twas deep and dark and dank. And as I plunged into the wood, a strange sight I espied. <laughs> <laughs> it was the ghost of Nicholas Parsons going out for a ride. As he rode past upon that furious ghostly horse he rode, being an unhygienic man, I immediately shed my load. But <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't you, dear listeners, true? <laughs> when seeing Nicky there, <laughs> riding on the horse's back, and the back, it was bare. For he likes to ride his... <laughs> <laughs> across the rolling plains <laughs> I thought I'll join in uh, on this game so I removed my James <laughs> it doesn't make sense if you think about it taking my jeans off there I was joining the Nicholas Parsons a finish beyond compare <laughs> And Barry Cryer awards himself uh, full marks for that, which puts him in the lead. <laughs> and we go on to play the game Just a Minute. This is a musical round in which the team members attempt to sing a song for a minute without hesitation, repetition or deviation. And we're, go we're going to start with you, as you did so well in that last round, Tim Brooke Taylor. <laughs> Try and sing without repetition, hesitation or deviation. Rock around the clock, Tim. One, two, three o'clock, four in the afternoon, five, six, seven o'clock, eight. Dallas <laughs> from Graham Garden. Repetition of a clock. Uh, it's in the title. In the title. It is. It is, yes. O'clock. In the still repeated it. Rock around to the O'clock is the title of this one. <laughs> I see. Oh, it's the Irish version. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Three, five, nine o'clock, please. <laughs> Okay, Graham, you can take up the song now, and you have only a quarter of an hour in which to finish it. <laughs> Eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. Well, Challenge there from William. Numerous repetitions, I thought, of o'clock, rock. It's in the title, he says. It's, yes, it's we've already, we've already established. Repetition is the same boring argument. Yes, I'll accept that. Willie Rushton, take up the song from there. Ah. We're going to boulder in the environs of the grandfather tonight. Put your hat on. Join me, hon. We'll have some fun when the thing strikes one. Challenge from Barry Cryer. No. 
No, it was I. Rep- no. Repetition of one. Oh, it is, isn't it? Earlier on, yes. I'm interested. Yes. Ah. Yes. Or is yes. that allowed too in this game, Humphrey? <laughs> 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 I, I wasn't listening. I was running. <laughs> I was wondering why you stole Barry Cryer's challenge. No, I didn't buzz, Hump. I was just throwing my buzz. It's ventriloquism, you know. <laughs> it's personal hygiene. If I can. <laughs> dear, oh dear, who threw that buzz? Carry on, Barry Cryer. Well, uh, we're going to belitter around the Orloge tonight. We're about to waltz, jig, ring. Challenge from Timber Weir. Hesitation on tonight. I mean, not hesitation, repetition. Did I say tonight, right? Did I, audience? Uh, you didn't, but the song did. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be the same person re- repeating, does it? No. It doesn't really have to be the same program. Well, will you, <laughs> ca- <laughs> will you carry, on, carry on, Tim Brooke Taylor? Very difficult. Very difficult to sing with this tie. tie you, have two <laughs> you have two seconds to finish. We're going to run. Run. With Colin Sell in the lead, we go on to the late <laughs> The teams are going to uh, introduce the late arrival to the Builder's Ball. Builder's Ball. Uh, yeah. Repetition. <laughs> right, will, you, will, you, will you carry on then, Willie? Uh, deviation, Humph. You're wearing a dress. <laughs> right, let's hear the later hesitation. He wasn't quite sure whether to wear it or not. <laughs> Let's uh, hear your late arrivals at the Builder's Ball and oh, no further interruption. Please. Pray welcome the detached family with their son Sammy, a strange youth. <laughs> two up, two down. <laughs> Standing there like a spare brick at a building. Mr. and Mrs. Dingsight and their son Bill Dingsight <laughs> and his sleepy bulldozer. <laughs> Very welcome, please. Mr. and Mrs. Paper and their son Wallpaper. (laughs) His brother Lou. (laughs) And all the way from Ireland, Mr. and Mrs. O'Dors and their daughter Patty (laughs) O'Dors. Coming here are Mr. and Mrs. Bilt and their son Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. and Mrs. Nett and their daughter Maisie. And her Dutch friend, Wimpy Estates. <laughs> and his friend, Hertz Van Rental, who's nothing to do with this ball, I don't know. Let's <laughs> welcome a guest. <laughs> Here comes the family inner chopper. With their son. <laughs> Why Patrick Allen in a chopper? Just crashed a tree. <laughs> Cabaret tonight is boxing with Harry Carpenter and Reg Guttering. <laughs> Sponsored by the Nationwide Building Society with Bob Dwellings and Hugh Scullery. <laughs> As you know, this ball is in aid of the Prince of Wales' new house. Oh, he looks frozen over there, so now we've got the blueprints of the building. <laughs> Oh, the Nolan sisters, what a block of flats. <laughs> I would like to disassociate myself from that remark. More than balanced up by the entry of Gazebo Derrick. <laughs> so it's got a bow front, anyway. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. House be ready on time and their naive daughter, will my house be ready on time? <laughs> 
I'm getting spirit messages from an earlier round. Good heavens, what are these emanations in the ballroom? Clark Gable, Eve Saint Laurent and George Rafter. <laughs> and Eve hasn't left us yet, but that's neither here nor there. As the man said when he put his truss on upside down. <laughs> Very welcome, please. Mr. and Mrs. King Good. And their daughter. <laughs> this point, ladies and gentlemen, this time. And their daughter. Their lovely daughter, May King Good. <laughs> and her auntie Climax. <laughs> Over there, will you welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. J and their daughter, Iris J. <laughs> There's Freddie Mixed Concrete. <clears throat> There's Ben Tauss, he's rather sweet. Talking to Ruth Harris and Jim Nepop. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Stouse and their son, Terry Stouse. <laughs> oh, also, will you please welcome, they've come a very long way, Mr. and Mrs. Babel. And their enormous daughter, Tara Babel. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've reached the point. And no builder's conglomeration would be complete without the family. It's going to cost you. And their daughter, Cora, is going to cost you. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, at this point, I have to tell you that uh, the teams are all about to go off on their well-earned rest between series. That's all except for Willie Rushton, who left ten minutes ago. <laughs> We look forward to being with you again. Until then, goodbye. Barry Pryor, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor and Willie Rushton were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme was produced by Paul Mayhew Archer. Next week at this time, at half past six next Monday, Springbank Holiday Monday, we go from the ridiculous to the sublime.